James Henneman is on with us, uh, the esteemable reporter and uh, columnist for PressBox. Also, official scorer, and he handles a lot of writing chores for special publications of the home team, the Baltimore Orioles. Jimmy, how are you? Hanging in there, guys. What's happening? Not too much. Jimmy, I'm 0 for 4 so far, so I'm going to go for I'm going to go for 0 for 5. Now, now keep Jane, in you mind, need, you need a new hobby. B- before he before he asks you this question, keep in mind right. we've equated this to him at a bar in his younger days, where you kind of go down the line in the bar for each girl that you ask. You know, you want to go out, you want to go to dinner. He's 0 for 4. Let's see if the smartest well, uh, guy that we have on the show today God. agrees with now, me. Now, that's not very politically correct. Now, you're you're telling me that Bill Latson's not smart. Or Steve Moleski. I said he's the smartest. Jim Henneman is the smartest. Jim, uh, is Major League Baseball, do they have the winter baseball meetings handled right from a business slash PR standpoint? Or would you like to see some changes made that would sort of either move them in front of Thanksgiving by a week or 10 days or maybe prohibit transactions the month of November so that when the baseball winter meetings are center stage, there's this tremendous amount of activity guaranteed. As it is now, it's all sort of drips and drabs. Well, I don't know how they could do anything before Thanksgiving. Certainly, certainly they couldn't do it. Uh, no, I meant so- 10 days before, like the week before the I mean, I mean you know, I mean, I know we, the, we're going back to our old way of thinking, but yep. 10, days, 10 days before Thanksgiving next year is going to be like less than 10 days after the end of the World Series, probably. So, right. Um, that's not a whole lot of time. You know, um, I mean, I agree that the winter means. So I'm over for, fi- I'm over five. They used to be. I'm yeah. over five. Okay. Yeah. They really, they really aren't what they used to be. Um, yeah. You know, back in the day, the, 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 they were actually separate meetings. They were, they were actually, and in, in some cases, actually held in separate but close uh, proximity. Uh, proximity between the minor, the minor leagues and, and the major leagues, and uh, now it's uh, it's condensed. I, mean, I think this is. I mean, this is kind of the way they want it now. They don't. Uh, yeah, it's a whole different. Yeah, I mean, I, the winter was, means you, used to be one of the favorite, my favorite yeah. things when you were on the beat. Me I mean, too, because you got to see everybody, you get to see a lot of people, and. Were you, were you at the winter meetings in San Diego in the mid-'80s when it snowed out by the pool? No, I was not. But I tell you what, I was in San Diego once when it snowed. Yep. But it wasn't It wasn't for those winter meetings. All right. But, uh, hey, Jimmy. But it, it, it snowed, and it was on the front page of the paper in the morning, and by 11 o'clock, people were on the golf course. So Yeah, like, right. Hey, Jimmy, uh, I, I wanted your take. Uh, a lot of fans showing some signs of a little bit of uh, – uh, disgruntlement uh, with the club trading VR and Bundy this past week. Is it uh, naive uh, of of the fans to have expected this rebuild not to go in sort of a linear progression up, 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 up? Isn't there wasn't there always a chance you'd take a step backwards to move forward? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, but, you know, you have to understand something. The fans here, you know, as far as they're concerned, number first of all, the first step backer was taken before, it was taken in, in 18. So, I mean, uh, you know, we yep. basically uh, they threw in the towel midway and 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 made, and made you know, the, the trades then. Uh, I mean, it remains to be seen whether the trades that have been made recently will produce any more than what those trades have done, which at, to this point is still minimal, but... Uh, at least uh, as close to the 
to the edge. I mean, look, I, you know, I'm not crazy about the way things are going on because you know you got to put a competitive team on the field. Um, I do feel like with with difference to the to the players that are going to play. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard if you're going to have a Walmart team. You know, maybe you ought to have Walmart prices. And I, I mean, I, I mean that. Yeah. You know, I really it, it sounds worse than I really mean it. But, no, but uh, I, I know, understand kind of the way it is. And uh, you know, there's one thing about rebuilding. Look, um, the, the bottom line is the top tier of these prospects that we have are not going to show up here for a while. They're not going to let them show up here for a while. They're going to be. They're going to be controlled even at the lower minor league levels as, as long as, as possible until they get to the point where, you know, they'll be able to, that's why I, I'm really curious to see how the, they handle the Rushman situation because let's say he's ready for the big leagues next year. Well, you know, then, then almost that was a bad draft choice because he's going to be, he can be ready long before the team is. And, yeah, uh, yeah. He'll be in arbitration and free agency and all that nonsense. And, uh, you know, well, I think, but there's also going to, don't, don't forget there's going to be a new CBA written somewhere before, but you know, but uh, before this team is relevant again, and that that new that CBA is going to have some radical changes to it because because there are serious problems. The game has serious problems. It's out of whack arbitration wise, and it's out of and it's out of whack those first three years wise, and it's definitely out of whack when it comes to the option. The option this situation is ridiculous. What needs what needs to happen is it is it much more realistic to for the owners and management to give in and let players get the free agency sooner? Oh, let me tell you something. You know, the best thing in the world. I mean, John Charles said this, you know, forty years ago. Let them make all... everybody a free agent every year. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, and, but but Martin Miller is smart enough to know that's not what the players want, right? Because that that's you know that creates too many. I mean, that's like that's like opening the candy store up. Saying, hey, take you know, what's your favorite candy? You know. So, so what's the solution there? Is it something to do with the player's age that would get make them a free agent a little bit sooner? You know, as much as we talk about analytics and the shift and the spin rates and and, and the exit velocities and all that stuff, the analytics has as much to do about the age of a player and his peak peak years as anything anything you can imagine. Right. And this whole this whole scenario right now is gauged. I mean, I'm. Uh, is gauged to the fact of not having a player get to his to free agency in his in his mid twenties. Right. It gets to his mid. It gets to his free agency in his in his in his late to early thirties. It's a, it's a whole different dynamic now because those ten year contracts. Even though you're still going to see some because right. pe- people are are are. are you know, let's face it. The, the the owners are the ones that are agreeing to the contracts. So, but sooner or later. Um, I mean, it shouldn't. The Orioles should not have to let a player with the attractiveness of a Jonathan Villar go just because they don't want to give him a raise. Right. That, that, that's my that's my biggest complaint. You know, he, look, he, even if he was only going to play one more year, uh, he brings something to the table that makes it interesting to go watch a game. He's erratic. He does a lot of things that drive you crazy, but he's got some tools. And uh, you know, he he was a fun he was a fun watch for me. Yeah. I don't I don't uh, I didn't have a real problem, and then he can go to free agency, and you know, let's say it. I mean, obviously, this team is not going to be able to operate with a with a, a sub fifty million dollar payroll forever. If they're going to try to, they'll they'll do that. The minute they, you know, if, if Alex Cobb has a couple of good starts and uh, they can they can trade him, that you know, that'll be another lump off. But you know, yep. I don't know that they're ever going to be able to resolve the Davis situation. But that's you know, that's a 
you know, horse of another color, I guess. Let me ask you this. Davis, I think $21 million a year. If you add up VR, Bundy, and Givens, who I expect they'll trade, comes out pretty much to Davis's salary. Would this club, given where they are right now, have been more likely to keep those three players had Davis not been on the? Had, I, had, I, I can't answer that, but yeah. to, to be but to be honest with you, yeah. my, my my guess is no. Yeah, my guess is they would have taken the same route. I yeah. I don't think that, I, and I think that I'm pretty sure they would tell you that that they wouldn't let one one player uh, block their their vision of what they're going to do. The interesting the interesting one left, and he fits right into the dynamics that we're talking about, is right. Mancini. Yeah. You know what's going to happen here? Here's a guy who's going to, you know, he's got, I believe, three more years of control uh, at a relatively modest price, and he's not going to be a free agent until he's in his early thirties. Right. He's not going to be a. Uh, he's not going to be one of those, uh, you know, hundred fifty million dollar free agents, you know, down the road. He's he's kind of caught right in the in, in that in that stream where I really honestly believe that's the that's the level where they're trying to drive these things to. So you could have these players in their peak years, into their early 30s. Right. And then if they go, they go. Yeah. No big deal. And let them go. Uh, almost, sign a, almost exactly like Adam Jones. Yeah. And like let them sign a year at a time and still make right. some money, right. but not the big contracts. We're right. talking to uh, one of the smartest guys in any room when it comes to talking baseball, and that is Jim Henneman, who writes for Press Box, also does official scoring at Oreo Games. Jimmy, let me ask you this with Chris Davis. Uh, we, we know after last year that Mike Elias said right after the end of the regular season that we expect to see Chris in spring training, and he is coming back. Right. And, and, and we've also heard that there are a few people in this front office who f- still feel like they can fix him. Do you see that happening as a realistic thing for this club uh, in, in terms of Chris trying to, you know, maybe get back to at least half of what he was before? Well, in other words, get back to his career averages. You'd right. Love him, you'd love for him to get back to his career averages. You know, that would be, that would be even, even with all these last two and a half years or whatever it is, uh, you think you would take his career averages in a heartbeat. If there's anybody in the front office that thinks that they can fix him, uh, it would have to be somebody that's a recent addition to the front office, right? Because I don't think any, I don't think anybody else is going to get to to try anything. Um, I mean, the the, the you know, and I, and I I don't I don't know firsthand stuff, but but my information is, is they, you know they uh, you know they basically don't want anybody fooling with their the players of their people. So. Yeah, and the reason one of the reasons I asked that, and and you're certainly out there and see enough of it, is that uh, it's funny for for a guy who has struggled as much as he has over the last few years. There are still teams in this league that won't pitch to him or will walk him to get to the next guy in the lineup. Just I, I guess just because of the track record. But, well, and also what's around and him. what's I around mean, yeah. him right, too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, that in seventh or eighth, he's never going to get yeah. any. Yeah. But uh, you know, and I, I mean, I think they pitch around him because you know they're they're afraid that they're going to. This is going to be the time that that Chris is going to guess right, or he's going to, yeah. or, or whatever the situation is. I mean, we can talk about hitting coaches all we want, and I, and what. The only thing I know about hitting is what I might have read in Ted Williams' book. But so, so let's not <laughs> get carried away. But. Yeah. But the bottom line is, in most of these situations, it's it's really is all it's all between the years. I mean, it's all it's all an approach. It's all a, a mental approach to it. And 
you know, we look. We all know we've we've seen, and we, and he's admitted to it. I mean, the number of the number of third strikes taken, third strikes taken, fastball third strikes yeah. is really alarming. I mean that, and and that just has to be, uh, I, I think, uh, a messed up uh, approach at the plate. I mean, I remember Frank sometime. I can't remember who I can't remember who the hitter was, and and even if I did, it probably would be just as well not. But I mean, you know. Taking a, taking a pitch and or going up and, and, and pop down the pitch and Frank saying, you know, I thought you were going to look for a changeup. I said, well, I was gonna look, I was looking for a changeup, but he threw me a fastball. It looked like the best pitch I was going to get, so I hit it. Right. Well, you know, that's what happens. I mean, you know, you go up there thinking one thing, and then all of a sudden you see something else that looks good, and you get yourself out. And uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, I that's and that's strictly as a from a, a you know we're. We can look at it and we can say what we want. We don't know as much as these people do. Let's yeah. face it. And if they can't fix them, uh, you know, we certainly can't fix them. We all have our we all have our philosophies. But Jim, let me get let me get back to the two trades the Orioles have made. Uh, and I understand your thoughts on keeping him, you know, that uh, he shouldn't have been deprived of staying in Baltimore because he was going to get a raise. But why do you think some other winning teams weren't interested in him? At what I find, yeah, for the Orioles and where they are, ten million, a little over ten million, maybe a little pricey. But for a team, you know, like the Mets or the Angels, somebody that's trying to win, uh, that somehow could have uh, gotten better with uh, with acquiring VR. But but you wouldn't do that unless he was going to be a regular. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're you're not going to you're not going to pay a guy ten million dollars so he's going to be a regular. He was going to be a regular here. He he, he, he would play 162 games a year. No question about it. But the you know, Angels, I, mean, I could see know, him playing. So, I could see him playing 160 games yeah. with the Angels. I mean, look, these, you know, we we listen to all these numbers. I mean, look, I'm an, I'm a I'm a statistics numbers that that get, that get translated into war numbers and all that kind of stuff. But by the by the by the golden bible of how we grade players these days, this guy's an all star. Right. I mean, he's a he's a plus four war, a yep. plus four war, and in, in, in today's age, is an all star. So, what, what do you th- what do you make of the hall? I know you've only been able to look at the stats, but what do you make of the hall the Orioles got for uh, Dylan Bundy? I have no. Uh, well, they got they have, they have one one guy who was the twenty eighth best prospect in the Angel system, right? And and the other and two guys haven't played yet. So you know who, who you know you know who knows. I mean. Uh, I mean, I think it's it's kind of a it really it's kind of a disservice to for these teams to list top thirty prospects. Everybody had thirty prospects. Right. That's nine hundred players. Right. I mean, yeah. it's not you know that's more players than there are in the big leagues. Yeah. Right. So I mean, you know, it's not like you know twenty eighth best prospect is, and yet that doesn't mean that he's not better than the number four. I mean, you know, we all we all know that. So what do you know? Th- what do you think the teams that are interested in Michael Givens look like? Do you have a couple teams that you no, think? No, I don't. Have, no, I mean, I I think that uh, whoever is going to be in, teams that are interested in Mike, it's going to be the same. It'll be the same. It'll be kind of the same market as it was for Bundy. Yep. I would think. I mean, you know, teams that that, that can use look. You teams that are not looking for closers and they're not looking for starters and they're and they're looking for for somebody in in between. Right. You know. You can kiss lightning in a bottle with a lot of people. Or like, I mean, the Orioles caught lightning in a bottle with this guy, you know, three, four years ago when, you know, when he was pitching at Bowie and the scouts came through there and said, whoa, this guy's got a better arm than anybody I've seen all year, right. you know. And he still, apparently, he still seems to have this as good an arm. But, uh, you know, I, 
I mean, to me, he always he translated into somebody who who had closer kind of stuff. But I think his his control still seems that, to me is still an issue in that. So I think that that probably takes away. But you know, to have a guy, an arm like that in the middle of a game to keep you in a game, he almost seems you know, he almost seems to me like a guy who needs a change of scenery. I mean, because I, I, I'm not so sure the Orioles are going to get back to yep. having Michael Givens be the guy he was for the three years or so back when they were a good ball club. Yeah. Listen, it pains me to say this, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell you something. Dylan Bundy has got to feel like he just got to get out of the jail card. Yeah, I think so, too. <clears throat> I mean, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, I mean, he he didn't turn out to be – I mean, even when they took him, as good as he was, I wish that we'd have taken Rendon, and that's not really a second guess. But for him to go through what he went through, and and then get to the big leagues, and 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 really, it's it's kind of a labor to get him. You know, he, he's making his thirty starts and stuff like that. But it's just a shame that we never got to see the picture that we thought we were going to get. Yeah, yeah. And look, he goes out. Now, he's listen, got, here's he's the other got, thing, guys. He's got a here's great set. If all this works out, yep. The way they the way it started to go. The, the biggest trait ship that they might have in this whole organization right now might be Hunter Harvey. That's true. And think about that for a minute. And, and, and especially, I mean, to me, to, to me, I'm, I'm taking him to spring as a starter. I mean, what, what, what a team that's going to win 50 games, you know, you know what, why are you going to waste an arm like that in the bullpen? Let, let's find out if he can start. You know, then you might really have a trade ship. Jimmy, uh, you mentioned Bundy to the Angels. I mean, he's going to find a little bit uh, better defense behind him with Trout in oh, center and yeah, Simmons yeah. at shortstop. Yeah. All no right. No question. No question. Jimmy, thank you for your time today. As always, we appreciate it. Look forward to uh, reading you in the next issue of Press Box. All, All right. right. Now I'm going to go watch some football and then watch the Terps again. Terps are getting impressive. Yeah. I can very, like what I'm seeing there. So. Very quickly before we let you go, are we, are, am I going to see the uh, the orange, you know, the black and orange tuxedo on opening day again this year? Well, if if you if you see Henny on opening day, the chances are you'll see the black and orange. You'll see the orange on opening day. Let's put let's, let's All that. right, yeah, well, but that's me, what I look listen, forward I'm gonna to. Say you blew my chance at a great line today because I thought we were going to maybe talk about the Hall of Fame. So if you were going to say, I, I meant let's to, talk but... about the Hall of Fame, I was going to tell you, look. I'm really a strong believer, though, that you really we need really need to wait five years before we start talking about Lamar Jackson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Jim. All right. Take have care. A, have a great holiday season. Thank you. All right. <laughs>